everybody, welcome to our fifth anniversary Q&A. We're here today to answer your, uh, well, your listeners submitted questions, um, but most importantly, the number one question, can we get through a recording session without somebody referring to a Ferengi sweat lodge? Well, you just ruined it. Yeah, I know. I, I've, <laughs> I'm getting in there early. To, to, now, now it's done, it's out of the way. <laughs> I feel attacked. <laughs> I didn't name you, but then you've just named yourself. <laughs> you just outed yourself. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think the listeners will probably have a good idea as to who keeps bringing that up. I mean, if it's, anyone. it's mostly cut out of the episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, as everyone can hear, I'm joined by the whole cast of Frontier at the moment. Um, I guess we haven't really done a reintroduce yourselves things in a while. So, uh, yeah. So, everybody say hi in whatever order you feel like. <laughs> Uh, I guess I'll go first then, just to make it easy. Yeah. I'm, I'm Eden. You've heard me a bunch on this podcast. You probably know me well enough at this point, if you're listening. Um, yeah, I do Clone Hero stuff and things on stream. And yeah, this this should be interesting. Five years. And, and it, just for me as well, it's five years of actually role-playing generally, because I hadn't done any at all before this. So yeah, there's yeah. something. Where's that time gone, though? And I dug this. I don't. I posted today. I posted that photo from just before our first recording session, and it like doesn't feel like that long ago at all. No, I can imagine sitting in that room very vividly. Like I haven't moved some of the furniture since then. Like <laughs> it's still the same. Uh, <laughs> uh, who else is here? Hi, I'm Dragon. Um, I have been in a few things here with pretending with dice. I'm also cast member and behind the scenes uh, kind of general dog's body at Penance RPG. Yeah. I don't really have time to do other things like Twitch. I let other people do those. (laughs) (laughs) And you're not a dog's body. You're an essential part of the team. (laughs) Yeah, but I do kind of do everything other than stream. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. You're an important part. (laughs) And we heard Amy there. Hello, Amy. Hello, I'm Amy. Um, I've been also been in a few things uh, that you'll have heard me on Pretend with Dice, and um, I'm also a cast member of uh, Penance RPG. Right on. And finally, we got Mark. You have indeed. Uh, hello, I'm Mark. Um, I've done about three Pretending with Dice series so far. Um, I feel like I'm slowly becoming part of the furniture. <laughs> um, if that makes any sense um but yeah i can't believe it's been five years since you started this whole thing AJ. I'm, I'm seriously like it's, it's, been, it's ridiculous isn't it like yeah. i don't know where i mean I, I say i don't know where that time's gone we seem we lost like a year and a half to covid like everybody else did but like yeah yeah it's just i don't know i don't know like i was going through all the photos last night like i said to make a big folder for myself and be like oh here's everything podcast related and there is a big gap where i didn't take a single podcast related photo in 2020 but like to be fair i didn't leave my computer chair so it's just there's a few selfies on my phone from that period but it's like this could be anything this is just me <laughs> sat in my chair with a microphone in front of me <laughs> like, yeah. but no i mean half a decade man I mean, it's, uh, it's 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 something we're it's getting something. <laughs> but it's but it's it's always been fun i was in my 20s when we started this Oh, yeah, That's yeah. Okay. Just time. Uh-huh. <laughs> late, late, late twenties. Yeah, like twenty nine. Yeah. But like, 
Oh, was I? What year was? Uh, what year is it now? <laughs> no. Yeah, I was twenty nine because I turned thirty that same year. Um, but yeah. still, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Should we dive straight into the questions? Um, we we asked people to send in their questions uh, through whatever way they felt the need to, and uh, pretty much all of them came to us through our Discord server. So I think we're just gonna pretty much just go through them in the order that they were submitted. So I think there's going to be a few familiar names popping up and um, yeah, we'll be, uh, yeah, hopefully some, uh, some fun discussions from this. Um, so our first question um, after I put out the call for them was from uh, Kleptothermia saying, which character from any series PWD has done would you most like to hang out with and who would you avoid? Ooh. It's a tough one, really. Yeah. Who you can have a good time with. Yeah. I mean, I would to hang out with our characters <laughs> from Star Trek. Just generally, I, I think that they're a fun bunch, just all round. That'd be uh, a good time. Yeah, I think Bond would be great. I want to hang out with Bond. He is the party yeah. engineer. He is the party <laughs> engineer. <laughs> um, it's tough because we've done so, there's so many characters. Like, I mean, because how many we? Oh, I have to keep track of seasons on as part of the admin behind the scenes, like for iTunes breaks things into seasons. And Frontier is technically season 13, which is, I don't know, like... Wow. <laughs> admittedly, like, w one of those is, like, bonus episodes, and then um, the separate D&D &D ones are all, like, their own season. So, like... like even still. Even, yeah. even still, yeah. 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 It's a lot there's a lot of characters as well. I'm just, I'm like racking my brain trying to think of a single character now. <laughs> like, who would I hang out with? It's too many to pick from, really. I feel like the pirate guy, like the pirate captain guy from that three-part pirate adventure oh, we did. Oh, yeah. Yes. He, he, yeah. Se he seemed like a kind of fun... I was going for like a not-quite-so-sleazy Jack Sparrow sort of thing. <laughs> he seemed like a fun guy. He did seem like fun. I mean... I think it was Roxy, Ruby. Ruby uh, Roxy? You were Roxy. Roxy. Roxy had fun. Ruby was Dragon's character in the Mountain Adventure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who to avoid? That's the question. Yeah. I mean, the only characters I think I would avoid are probably, and don't anyone be offended, <laughs> some of the Star Wars ones, just because they always get themselves in. So much trouble. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds, it, I'm sure it would be like very entertaining, but it just sounds stressful. You know, you've got trouble coming your way, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you're like one wrong word away from, uh, God, what was Ollie's character's name? Thnock. Just pulling yeah. out his blaster and be like, I'll kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> Yeah. Let's just destroy this thing. Yeah. Probably, probably the very first Star Trek one you run with the the um, the mutiny. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was listening to that, and I was just like, "What is happening?" Yeah, it, yeah. So was I when I was running it. Like <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, it was great. But at the same time, you, you don't want to hang with a mutinous, a mutinous uh, first officer. Yeah, that was the officer. <laughs> All credit for Liam to, I've said before, <laughs> completely derailing my plans for that one shot. <laughs> it turned out oh, well in the so end, funny. but like, yeah, oh. <laughs> I was like going through my page on that, like, well, I haven't got time for that anymore because we have to be finished by this point, and start just throwing <laughs> out bits and pieces. But yeah, I would probably. I, I'm the opposite of Dragon here. I would probably want to hang out with the Tempest Squadron a lot. 
in terms of the characters because you know things are going to get messed up and <laughs> it's and i'll be and that was i mean tempest squadron was the first game that i got involved in but there were there were definitely some like different dynamics between the main cast members and the main characters yeah and i think it would just be one of those really kind of what the hell's going to happen next and i think i like the idea of hanging out with a group like that we never know what's going to happen it's an unpredictable hang yeah exactly but i think to avoid um i cannot remember the name but the really cocky um pilot from the um the star trek one shot that proceeds frontier Oh, he's, he's part of our, oh, um, Ensign Sauce. He, he's the current <laughs> pilot of the Tenzing as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like I, you talk with him in a recent episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it doesn't mean I like him. Um, nothing against you, AJ, but that uh, as a character, I think if he was an actual person, I think he, I think, I think he was a bit of a prat. Does it doesn't you know, not your uh, not your idea of a fun um fun conversation no. then. Okay. <laughs> no. No no prats. Fair no. enough. No flyboys. Yeah. <laughs> I think someone else to avoid is well, we would avoid him we we didn't really avoid him, but um the the doctor uh from Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't want to lose my liver. <laughs> yeah. I've forgotten about him. We didn't really get like much characterization of him. I don't. I don't think. No. But like, he was more of like a somebody you were hearing about more mm, than like somebody yeah. you interacted with a lot. But, yeah. yeah. But sometimes that's also that. really good as well because your mind fills in the blanks of like. Yeah. Because you only have so much information about this character. You're like, all the information that you do have helps create like this like uneasy. All this idea of what they're yeah. like yeah. but then the cool thing there is you build this idea up in your own head and then when you get to the reveal if it turns out that something else that if there's something about them that is completely opposite of what you thought whether it's better or worse it creates it creates a bit more atmosphere when you're playing the games so yeah i can't remember what happened to that doctor to be honest did he die or did he run off i th- I, I think he got away i don't think he was killed i think he got away yeah because you were all fighting the monster at the end there. Spo- I mean, spoilers for something from 2018. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, Sway wasn't. Sway had nope. That was that was the first time she saw the monster and she noped out. I remember yeah. that much. Yeah. Um, and left for uh, Eden and Mark uh, to handle the monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As I recall, didn't you try coming back to help towards I the end? I did try to come I- back. I'm going to have to listen to it again. It's been a yeah, while. I'm- it's a good time. I just remember was... Barnard ending up in a very unsur- unfortunate circumstance. <laughs> yeah. You were a gibbering wreck. Yeah. yeah. I think we're kind of, well, not misunderstood, but maybe, yeah, maybe a little bit kind of not read the rules enough to realize that if you ran out of sanity, you're not really coming back from that. Yeah. Yeah. And you hit your zero point and you're like, oh, what happens now? I'm like, well, now you lose control of your character. And I, I'm. You know, I'm steering the ship, <laughs> sort of thing. It, 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 in the circumstance. Yeah, yeah. At least yeah. it happened in that episode towards the end. Oh, yeah. it was the last episode, and it, you it didn't put even out the game. Perfect timing. Yeah, you lost your mind yeah. upon seeing the hideous monster that was like the thing doing all the stuff. So it made sense in the story. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Somebody's got to be ruined by the cosmic horror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we got a little bit off topic there, but yeah, I think yeah. yeah. There's plenty of characters. I mean, I don't know. It's tough because where I'm doing all the NPCs, um, mm-hmm. even ones that have been revoiced, like it's I, I've got like so many in my 
not in my head, but like ones where when we move on to the new story, I tend to kind of a little bit kind of forget about some of the older ones because I'm like, well, I need to keep all of the Bond information in my head now. I can't be thinking about somebody from D&D. <laughs> um, you should you try method acting as Bond. Yeah. I've been method acting as Bond for years. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know it. I'm a weird goblin man who... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's let's move on to another question um so the second question is also from klepto saying which fictional universe that you haven't seen an rpg for would you want to see slash play now stargate <laughs> yeah so the, I, I, yeah i think we can re reinterpret this question because there's plenty of rpgs that we've got for fictional universes like i feel like at this point there's there's an rpg for everyone mm. so we could reinterpret mm. this as like what one do we want to play in um i go i go stargate yeah, I mean, I, I'm waiting for the book on that. I, I back the Kickstarter. <laughs> I've got the PDF <laughs> file. I do. Yeah, I want to do Stargate. Ooh, exciting. Yeah, uh, I have a Fallout one that I haven't opened yet. It's been sat on my shelf for nine months. Um, which might be fun. Switch the to One Ring. I picked that up. The second edition. I would like to try that at some point. Mm. Ooh. I've got. Well, I've got the five E version of that. The Adventures in Middle Earth. Mm. As well, which Ooh. I bought before we started the podcast. <laughs> It's like a, here's a thing we're gonna do this and i've got like i've got like some plans and everything that have been sat in a folder for five years um so maybe that um i've got i've got the june rpg which i haven't looked at yet uh, my shelf is full of rpgs that i've bought and have not done yet babylon five See, I never really watched Babylon Five. Oh, I've I've, I've started rewatching it. I'm on season four, and I, I forgot how good it is. I it really, is I was I like, like, oh, it. I really need to buy some of the books again. We'll have to, I have to watch it then, in in case in case there's an RPG that comes out that I can put on my <laughs> shelf. And... <laughs> the Alien RPG. Yeah, has anybody looked oh, at that? Yeah, yes. I've got yes. that, and we have not played it yet. <laughs> we did one session actually. We did a session that we recorded. Didn't we, Dragon? At, at with for, Saviors, yeah, with uh, It looks like it will be really good. Yeah. Um, mm. I like how the characters are built. I like the character sheet for it. Mm. Uh, Greg and I actually did where did a knockout tournament that uh, Effect ran oh, yeah. at Dragon Meet mm. because their group was involved with writing the RPG. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Um, which was fun. It was terrifying. Um. And we lost to Band of Badgers. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've, I've got an idea. So we're obviously, we're sort of running Frontier as like an ongoing thing, aren't we? But I think at a certain point we're going to be, you know, we could take a pause and maybe do something like, I don't know, we call it like pilot season or something, <laughs> where we do like one shots and all of these, like based on another fictional universe rpg so we'll do like an alien one shot and we'll do like a stargate one shot if that book ever turns up and like yeah. a dune one shot and yeah. just be like yeah let's great. let's try some new stuff and then like if anything really grabs us we can then maybe put that mm -hmm. as like oh you know after the next bit of frontier we'll do a longer one of them or something yeah, yeah you know a one shot might be a good way to um because we talked to about a year or so ago, I think about maybe doing a Doctor Who one. Yeah, maybe yeah, do you, maybe do that as one shot and see if any see if people will take to it. Yeah. So yeah, mm. we we do. Oh, yeah, we'll, okay. This is this is how ideas happen on this podcast. We're, I'm now officially announcing pilot season. <laughs> <laughs> at some point, non-specific because uh, we're cursed at whenever we announce specific 
when we're going to do stuff. I think I, did, I put a video out at the end of 2019 saying, in 2020, we're going to be playing the Alien RPG on... <laughs> on pretending we're dice and also there'll be season two of star wars and neither of those things have happened yet so um other things have yeah yeah Yeah, worldly things have happened (laughs) but yeah i i I think we'll we'll figure some stuff out even if it's just like we'll do like three or four one shots and be like hey here's our take on doctor who and here's our take on june and you know at the very least to justify the fact that i've spent way too much money on books (laughs) yeah the question about the you know what fictional universe is. I think I might have said this previously, but I would love it if there was um, uh, a tabletop RPG that was set in one of the Jerry Anderson universes. I mean, you could do quite a bit with the realm of things like Thunderbirds or Captain Scarlet. Mm. You know, things like that. It's it's a realm that I don't think anyone's really looked into. At least yeah. I've not seen any evidence of a Thunderbirds RPG anywhere. No. Captain Scarlet's got the alien side of it as well. You got to if you figure out who the Mistrons are targeting, who isn't isn't a Mistron, blah blah blah. It's, there's a lot you could do it? with those. Just something the brain for thought. it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. You had me sold on Mistrons. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I love Captain Scarlet. <laughs> yeah. Our our next question is a hypothetical. It's from uh, it's from Pupsky. Hypothetical question. It's good news. You've got the chance to DM for a very exclusive clientele. Would you A, run an RPG for Enya with a soundtrack entirely provided by Whale Song, or B, run an RPG for Wales with Enya providing the soundtrack? I mean, I prefer to RPG for people, uh, you know, DM for people who can talk back. Yeah, I think the Whale's going to present a challenge just on that level. Yeah. yeah. For some bizarre reason we could communicate with the whales and actually understand the concepts that each of us were trying to get across. Yeah. You'd need to be Spock, though, wouldn't you? Thinking back to the voyage home. Yeah. yeah. Utilising your massive power to speak to animals to DM a game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll finally get to run the... <laughs> I'm finally going to run the alien RPG with some whales. <laughs> Learned so much, but no. Yeah. I would to- I- if there was a way of actually communicating with them, I would totally go for the whales. Yeah, just for the like the, the novelty of like, yeah, I'm DMing for whales. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, they've never played an RPG before. They won't realise that something's wrong when I stop and go, ah. Uh... <laughs> yeah, they'll just be thinking oh, you're changing track. You that. They'll just be you... thinking you're changing track. Yeah. Exactly. This is a weird hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> um... So the next question is from you, Mark. Um, you, you gave a couple of questions on this, so I mean, I guess you get to, a chance to answer them as well. Um, what's the most confusing or difficult dice system you've experienced when playing RPGs? And I, I think I answered on the thread that the answer is always Shadowrun. <laughs> um, There's no question. Yeah, it, I think I don't. I wouldn't call it the dice system. I mean, when I, what, what was it? Was it like percentages and things as well? Like you're rolling and then... It's so complicated. Yeah. And really, to play it properly, you need a grid and to actually have a map and all kinds of very, very dedicated stuff that just wasn't on the, on the cards for us in any yeah. way, shape. I mean, we, did, we, we didn't really do a lot of rolling on the game, did we? I think just because it's a side effect of, like, we don't really, you know, we, we were just having that much trouble getting our head around it. Well, it was my first time DMing, so it was sort of like, I've gone on about it enough, but like it, it was a lot to get my head around, and just keeping the narrative flowing was a lot of what I had in mind, and I think yeah. that worked. I mean, 
I mean, it wasn't just just coming at it from the other side. Like I had trouble building a character. That's how complicated it got. I spent ages. I was downloading like custom programs that people have made for character builders, and then on the day, Jason just turned up and wait. I printed off this pre-gen. I was like, why didn't I do that? Like, (laughs) would have been so much easier just print, pick a pre-gen, and change the name. Um, No, I'm an idiot. Um, But yeah, no, it, it it was quite tricky, and I can't to the point where I can't even remember like the specifics of how it works even now i know it was a few years ago but like yeah that stuck in my head as like yeah yeah we maybe won't go back to that one without good reason not without it just being the way we did it where it'd just be a narrative thing more yeah more than anything else with some kind of light rolling in there and well the way that jason pulled out his character sheet right at the end and was just like oh i've got this piece of equipment that just trumps exactly the moment that's occurring right here and i was like oh okay let's just keep going with the narrative keep the train going finish it because <laughs> i'm not going to deal with roles at this point like yeah you've just pulled a trump card fine i mean how, how about the rest of you what's the most <laughs> difficult or confusing die system you've experienced we played the witch uh, about a month ago for the first time and the dice system isn't in, in, grand, in the grand scheme of things. It's not massively complicated, but it's it's different enough from Star Trek and D and D Fifth Edition because not only are you rolling to see if you can like have if you to have a success at making an attack, but then you also have to roll to see whereabouts your attack hits on the en- on the enemy's um, body, and depending on where it lands and the strength of your attack. You then have to work out how much damage you've actually done to it. Is it only a glancing blow? Is it bleeding out? Has it lost a limb? And yeah, we were we found it took a good minute or two after we'd after we'd figured out how to do it, which was about five or six minutes of looking through the book and figuring it out. It took maybe a minute to a minute and a half to actually resolve all of the attack rolls we were doing, regardless whether you're using a melee weapon or a spell or you know so. In the grand scheme of things, that's the most complicated one I've had so far. Instead of like one roll to hit, it's like four rolls to hit and then you're doing damage sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So you're rolling to see if you succeed and then you're rolling to see if you strike or where you strike them and then you're also rolling to see how much of, how powerful the strike is. So it's, yeah, it's it's weird. It sounds like it would slow things down quite a lot. The more people that are in combat at the time, because there were three of us in combat, against three enemy sets so yeah it did take a while but then the the npcs also are struck by the same system Mm -hmm. Uh, they've all got to go through the same checks i i mean in a certain way i can sort of see the the kind of draw of that of like look yeah no you do that and then like anything could happen you could hit someone on this you know part of their body or whatever and it's i don't know it's got i can see the draw of it but like like you say Mm. in, in a practical context it's slowing everything down yeah, if you're using a melee weapon, like if you're using the witch's sword or his silver sword, that works because it plays into the idea that you are you're you're not just hitting with a sword; you're actually doing kind of a dance to do, hit certain strikes and come in from certain areas. So you like do an upward strike, to slash the chest, and then you spin back round and take off an arm. So it works. It works in the the sense of imagining how the strikes are going down. But when it comes to using your signs or if you're a sorcerer using spells, yeah, it can be a bit of a drag. I feel like I would very quickly, like if we were running that on the podcast, I would probably default to, I'd, I'd prefer to run like just a D&D 5e one with some witcher monsters and then would do all that narratively. Mm. I'd be like, well, where are you hitting them? Rather than like, okay, let's roll to see where you hit them sort of mm. thing. Just, just in terms yeah. of keeping it moving and narratively 
better to talk things out than roll things out. Yeah, exactly. That, it makes just, it makes it more dramatic as well. Yeah, and that's just kind of I guess the sort of style I've gotten into through basically whenever I'm DMing now is because we're recording. Because yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. My answer for this one is less. It's really complicated. More, it's just really different from what we're used to. Um, and that's when I was uh, running Endless Realms. Mm. Yeah, mm. Endless Realms was. <laughs> I don't know how we would have run it. To record as a podcast without without the, Greg having built character sheets to use online. Yeah, that was so much math. Yeah, um, it's very all of the roles are contested, and again, I think it's I think it would be fine if we played it more. Mm. Um, but as I was the only one that had the books, yeah, like it's not it's it's not super complicated. It's just very different from how we usually play it. And all of the stats are very different, which means that we're then hunting around going, okay, if I need to roll this, wait, what what type of skill is that? Mm. <laughs> things like that. And the magic as well was really strange. Certain things. I remember there was lots of descriptions and I had to keep like a spe- my spells open so I could read them, read the descriptions every yeah. time. Because I kept, I kept forgetting what spell meant what. Like you I could do have... cool stuff. I could do cool stuff. Yeah. So yours was all battle magic. Yeah. Essentially. Battle dance battle dance magic. Yeah. If I remember <laughs> right. <laughs> Which was why I picked it, because I was like, that's cool. I'm gonna um, boogie around the battlefield. <laughs> I think this is kind of the the problem where we do turn it kind of tend to jump between systems quite a lot it's a lot of time if you're familiar with the system it's going to be fine to play through it you know you're not going to run into any problems but where one week you might be playing you know regular D or like a simplified version you know of of D, or then just switching to call of cthulhu or whatever you know we, there's lots of different systems happening here and there especially you know oh god this is the, this is the downside i can see now coming up of <laughs> <laughs> Pilot With your season. pilot season, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, because I, 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 I remember when we did Call of Cthulhu, I really didn't have time to read through all the rules <laughs> that well. Like it was fine to the point where we could play it, but then when we got to that big combat at the end, I was just like, ah, oh, oh no, oh, what are we doing here? Okay, give me a minute, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> Even like systems you're most familiar with, mm. it there's always going to be something for your like, I. I don't know, either we've not done it like that before. Yeah. Or we've come across something really obscure and then or two things that don't make sense together. Yeah. Well we keep we, we keep running into like I I mean I'd call them like edge cases where it's like just through I mean, I'm talking about Star Trek again here where we're like we're running into something like, okay, I wanna do this and I have to be like, Huh, okay. That doesn't really fall under any of these rules. <laughs> like mm. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's just basic stuff like what was it we you, you were doing something with Johnny Eaton and you're like I want to just be kind of passively doing this and I'm looking at it going I have no idea really what check this would be mm. and there's nowhere f- no it was when we were trying to figure out what um, what the effects of the alcohol would be on you and there yeah. wasn't really like like if it was D&D 5e I would know specifically to be like okay we'll make a constitution saving throw but there's not saving throws in Star Trek so we were kind of Going through the rule book, being like, well, there's not really anything comparable here. Yeah. Um, 
and I feel like that's happened a couple of times where we've sort of run into like just through the course of play like you wanting to do something and me having to go like huh well how how on earth do we do this you know <laughs> sort of thing but eh, that's well, just playing though yep I apologize for occasionally being the one that is like kind of throwing these bizarre ideas at you and just be like, hey, figure this out. Because I just let my imagination go wild. I feel like it's not that bizarre to be like, how drunk am I, though? Well, not that one, but <laughs> other cases. Yeah. Do you, have we answered your question, Mark? Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> Good. Um, well, okay, funnily enough, the next one is also from you. <laughs> Oh, for God's sake. Um, I think it's the last one, because after that I said, I, I yeah, I no said more. you're just asking yourself questions. Um, yeah, exactly. You said, uh, Star Trek-related question for the whole cast of Frontier. Well, thankfully, you're all here. Um, what was your first experience with the show? And because you're here, Mark, I can say, do you mean with Frontier, or do you mean with Star Trek in general? Star Trek in general. Okay. Ooh, that's a hard question. Uh, it, I I couldn't tell you like the first episode I ever saw, but um, growing up, our routine was get home from school half three, um, help mum with with do homework, uh, help mum with dinner, sit down, watch an episode of Star Trek, then it's the news, then it was BBC Scotland news. And then it was like either more homework or like bath time or whatever. And that was like our routine, regardless of what episode it was, regardless how many times we'd seen the episode, it was that routine because Star Trek or Stargate always came on before the news and we always sat down and watched. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what the first episode was. I could definitely tell you what movie I saw first, which was uh, the first Star Trek movie. And then I saw... The next movie after that I saw was um, uh, the one with the whales. I don't know why I saw that one first before Wrath of Khan, because <laughs> then it was Wrath of Khan and I was really confused. <laughs> I was like, but I thought they were on a Klingon ship. <laughs> Dad's like, no, this, is, this movie came before that one. And I'm like, oh, well, why did we watch that movie first? <laughs> because it's yeah. the best one. <laughs> <laughs> Similarly, like I, my first exposure to Star Trek was Voyage Home because it was one of two VHS tapes that um, were at my grandparents' house on my dad's side. It was that and Cinderella. And <laughs> <laughs> so we watched the Voyage Home a few times. But then, like, I love I love the Voyage Home. But then at school, I had a, a guy I was friends with. Like at that point, I was big into Star Wars, and he was like the Star Trek guy. And I remember mm. thinking, like Star Trek it's for nerds, like kind of thing. So we get into big Star Trek versus Star Wars arguments, and I'd be I'd be like looking down at him, like ah, oh, look at him into his nerdy stuff. Meanwhile, I'm over here with my Star Trek, Star Wars tech manuals and everything, and, and all this. But Hot like kettle black, AJ. Yeah, no. Look, in, in hindsight, I'm fully. Yeah, no, I'm fully on board. Like, yeah. What was I thinking? That's scary. That's scary because I, my opposite, I have the opposite story of that because <laughs> I would go to my grandparents and they would only have the Return of the Jedi <laughs> on, on on video. And um, when we had to stay over, that would be, it was either that or like all the other Disney movies. And I think in Free Willy, I think was the oh, other Free one. Free Willy was great though. Free Willy was great. Um, and it was, that was the opposite. That was so weird. That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really creepy. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I, it was like a bit of a weird. I think that just because I was so into Star Wars, I was just like, ah, no. So I'm not, I'm not fussed with Star Trek. That one's a boring one. That's where they talk about problems, and just <laughs> Star Wars is great. There's X wings and everything, and and yeah. <laughs> so it took a little while for me to come around on that. Although I did like the Voyage Home, obviously because of the you know mm. earlier exposure to it. I think for me the the uh, the first Star Trek. I mean, I can remember this shit because you know. I've got an autistic brain, so I remember this stuff. But um, the first episode of Star Trek I ever watched was on VHS because um, my mum went out and bought a few of the videotapes that were official releases where they had two episodes each. And the first episode on the tape that I remember watching for the first time was um, Tomorrow is Yesterday, which is the one where the Enterprise ends up back in the 1950s or 60s and they end up beaming a fighter pilot on board and trying to convince him not to reveal their existence to the authorities. Oh, the original, original series one? From the original series, yeah. It opens up with the Enterprise being low in the atmosphere and essentially in the sky above the Earth. I remember that shot, but I don't remember much about the episode. So. Yeah, they, they beamed a fighter pilot out of his jet and, um, yeah, tried to hush him up about their existence and then they had to go and steal the tapes of the audio recordings and the footage of the enterprise being in this atmosphere it was the first time they did the slingshot around the sun to time travel but because it was the original series and we're talking long before they did the redos on blu-ray with the new cgi um their idea of the, of the enterprise going around the sun was just standing with a still star uh, back screen Star's not moving, the Enterprise just shaking up and down a little bit to simulate it going around the sun. And it's only years later I've seen them on Netflix where they've got the updated CGI versions and it actually they actually have it going around the sun doing the slingshot and it looks better. And now after that the episode suddenly made more visual sense to me. Not just shaking the model. Yeah, exactly. I mean if you if you watch the original cut of the episode, the, the shaking the model is just bad, especially when you know what they're trying to do. <laughs> But they had limitations, but that was the first episode I ever watched, and I must have been about four or five. Yeah, I think for me, it was very early on in terms of, like, I was six and went to see Undiscovered Country with a friend oh, for his birthday. Nice. And I, that would have been my first exposure to Star Trek that I can remember. In the cinema. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can only remember coming out of the cinema. I, I, I know that that's the film we went to see, but... Yeah. Your life before going into the cinema was just a complete blur. Yeah. yeah. The actual like watching of the film has now been overwritten by actually rewatching it many times and like that's impossible to think back on. But yeah. coming out of the cinema I can remember being kind of like confused because context wise there wasn't like I was six and start that was like like the sixth, terms, the like sixth movie in the series as well. Yeah, to try and understand yeah. that was just a little bit beyond me, but it was I can remember being interested. And yeah. something must have clicked because yeah, all that was the first. Later. That was the first film Star Trek film that I watched, but that was on video when it they I think they ran it on one of the movie channels on cable, and my parents managed to record it onto video. Um, never got to the cinema for that one. Saw Generations in the cinema, but um, Undiscovered Country is my favourite of the classic crew. So you're very lucky that you got to go and see it in the cinema. I think. Much as I can't remember it for that reason. <laughs> like, I remember the birthday. <laughs> it was good times. <laughs> Just not so much of the, the film. Um, did we answer your question, Mark? <laughs> yes. Good. Thank you. 
<laughs> okay, uh, so the next question, again from Pupski. What a wait to episode 100. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know, but also at the same time, we might have already recorded it based on how <laughs> mm. <laughs> my editing comes together. I'm just trying to think, so what, what have I got left? I've got... We've got like three or four sessions recorded at this point, haven't we? Yeah. One of the, at least one of them, I, I'm going to be splitting into two. So we might have already recorded episode 100 because the the newest one was episode 93. Although there's a possibility that episode 100 might be out of the next recording. Mm-hmm. Either way, I haven't got anything special planned, um, which is probably a bit of an oversight, really. But fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Drama. Drama. Excitement. Edited out In- rules looking up. Who it's got it all. <laughs> Intrigue. Ca- casual violence. Bonge. <laughs> it has bonge, it all. Bonge, ah, bonge drinking. Oh. That's quite good. If I think about it, it might be the the episode that we've just recorded. Yeah. I, I think because the next next episode coming out is ninety four, isn't it? I think. And that's the whole of the recording with the two parties. That's fine. But that's not a spoiler because we mentioned the two parties in the last episode. I'm going to be very careful here of what I say. The one after that, it might end up being one episode or it might be two episodes. And then we've got done two sessions since then. So we've we've got to be very close to 100 at that point. Yeah. Yeah. If it is the one we just did, then... This will be very entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fun. Anyway, yeah. You'll you have to tune in and find out. That's, that's the real answer. Because <laughs> I don't know at this point. <laughs> um, and even if we did know, we'd be keeping it as a surprise. Yeah. Because we that's don't want do to spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Uh, so another one from Klepto saying, Dream Scenario this is also Frontier related. Which uh, Star Trek cast member would you most like to have on the podcast? And she said, and why is it Marina Sirtis? I mean, if we're lim- depend- are we limiting ourselves to a series or are we... I could, well, this could be reinterpreted as like, who do we want to guest as their character on Frontier? And in which case it's Jonathan Frakes as Riker every time. <laughs> mm. I'd take most of the next gen cast, to be honest. Yeah. 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 Yep. <clears throat> Tried and true. You know, even yeah. even oh, even Wesley, yes. I would say even Wesley. I, I wouldn't. Even Wesley. No, we're waiting for me. I think he's <laughs> overplayed at this point. <laughs> Don't know how I feel about Wesley yet. <laughs> Having Wolf on would be yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Michael Dawn's got a great voice as well, so, like, just work it. We work in the podcast environment, I feel. It would, yeah. It's it's such a broad question, which Star Trek cast member would you like to have on, on the podcast? Because, like, if we're not limiting it to, like, playing them their character, mm. it could just be like, well, who do you want to hang out with? I mean, I think I'd probably still go for Jonathan Frakes, to be honest, because he seems like a fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so this is from Sanix900, who uh, I believe joined the server from your Clone Hero streams, Eden. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Got involved in the questions here. Uh, what got you all to create Pretending with Dice? Um, I think also what font is that? The font in the logo. Uh, well, the font in the logo is from the Quake logo. <laughs> the, the font is Quake. It's the same one used in the logo for the Quake games back in the 90s. Um, I just quite like it. Um, I mean, I guess... 
I mean, we've probably told this story before, and well, I definitely have in a, a few places that we were. Uh, I was coming towards the end of a previous podcast I was doing with my, my buddy Nathan, um, called Sup Dude, uh, which is no longer online because um, I didn't want to keep paying the hosting costs. Um, I've still got all the episodes. If anybody's burning desire to listen to some worse podcasting than this, <laughs> email me and I'll send you an episode. Um, but uh, yeah, that was coming to an end. We've been going again for five years. Um, but uh, my buddy was moving away. So we kind of just said, oh, we'll call it a day on that. And we were quite sporadic on putting it out anyway. And uh, I was kind of getting into D&D and things. I, I had been for like a little while before that. We, we'd done our ongoing. We had a Star Wars campaign, didn't we, Mark? Um, That's right. Yeah. For a little bit. And I was, I was playing D&D 5e anyway with a group. And uh, I just figured, well, you know, I like podcasting. I like playing D&D and things. So, um, yeah, just slam those two concepts together. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Eden, I, I, the, that first group, it was very much like, well, who who do I know can talk on a mic already mm-hmm. sort of thing. And obviously yeah. you, you and Mark had your podcast. And, um, yeah, I'd done stuff with Jason before, even when Subdue was still going on, when we did like a full Let's Play of Dark Souls together and stuff. So I was like, hey, we all know each other and get on well. Let's record ourselves doing D&D. And I don't think any of the three of you had played it before. But, uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how it it came together really that's it yeah worked out nicely yeah and here we are <laughs> it's not yes yeah, it's, it's not really the craziest story it's just like we like D and we we owned microphones <laughs> <Sort of thing. laughs> but uh yeah that, that's that's pretty much it um uh sharona says why is aj answering questions before the q a episode is even recorded um i'm a complicated guy and <laughs> I like to ruin things for myself. Um, right. So moving on uh, again from Serena, what systems and settings are in store for us in the future? If you thought that far ahead, well, we, we kind of partially answered this earlier on with the um, sort of fictional universes thing. Um, didn't we? Um, so yeah, I think we're different. We're going to look at, uh, I've got fallout, got alien, Dr. Who, you mentioned June. Uh, what else was there? I feel like there was something else. Stargate, when I get that. I have a whole bunch of other books in there, in, in the next room as well, that m- might be fun to play. But I don't know, and I don't know the, the systems as well. Like the, the, you know, the, um, the sort of good thing about having like a pre-established fictional universe is that I can at least le- lean into the fact that I've watched a lot of Stargate over the years <laughs> and stuff like that. Mm. Um, whereas I've got, yeah. I don't know. I feel like that. That's five to start with. <laughs> we'll see how we get on with them. But I, yeah, I have some other ones. I can't quite remember the names of them though, so they're all on the shelf. I've got a bunch of forty k ones that are a little bit older. Uh, I've got Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay as well, which yeah, I feel like m- might be fun giving you a go. But yeah, again, for for the for the podcast, we always do things a little bit rules light anyway, though, don't we? So so many systems, so little time. Yeah, basically, Either there are a lot of options to look at. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so moving on then uh, from Jeff, Jeff Zilla <laughs> when are we getting our great meat heist one shot oh yeah that was something I was going to do wasn't it this was going to be a, a one shot with um, list, a listeners uh, from our discord server and I even got to the point of announcing it on an intro to an episode uh, I think back oh, in the summer it might have been before Frontier prom- premiered and we just never got around to doing it and my answer to this is soon 
<laughs> Whenever we all get a free Saturday, I guess, or something. It'll be fun. Um, it's a D it's going to be a D and D one shot set in our setting, Valana, and uh, I even I've got some encounters plotted out and everything. I'm ready to go, basically. Just give me a week's notice and we'll record this thing. Um, so soon, yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, Jeff's second question: Would you like a hug? I always want a hug. I never get them. I mean, you're far you're away. Too far away. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we'd gladly hug you. We'd happily hug you. Jane. Give you hugs uh, at Dragon Meat. It's yeah. the only time we're in the same place. <laughs> uh, well, there's there's the answer, AJ. Move to Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait for the next Dragon Meat. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> Okay, so next question from Taishal. Uh, when's the next series of Tempest Squadron? Fuck me. I also <laughs> would like to know this. <laughs> Soon. Uh, Soon it is. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I do want to do that. And I, I know I say that every year. I really do want to do it to the point where I've got a name. I've got a, I've got a logo and everything worked up. And like most of a storyline. Um, and like that was another thing that was on that video. I think I put it as pretending with us 2020 is like, here's some things coming this year, but immediately got derailed like a month later by COVID happening. <laughs> but one of those things was going to be like Tempest Squadron season two. So as soon as I can figure it out, although we've kind of pivoted to Star Trek at this point, um, mm. at least for now anyway. So I d yeah, I do want to do it. I don't have a date in mind yet. It's tricky trying to get everyone free at the right time to record stuff mm. and then edit it. and. I mean, tech things are a thing now as well, because obviously the original one, we recorded the main group in person. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, okay, recording with you, Mark, over Discord. But I don't think other Mark has got a decent mic set up. I don't know if Ollie does. So it might not be as simple as just like, hey, we'll f figure out a date to do it. Mm. Um, it's something to look into. I mean, I've been I've been so busy with Frontier that like putting my mind to like okay let's figure out a date for this is not really not really crossed my mind in a little while but i do want to do it it's, it's still on the cards it's not yeah it's gonna happen awesome. I, yeah other thing is that you basically do everything by yourself it's a lot of work yeah it's a lot of work <laughs> it's a hell of a lot of work with each of the elements is a decent amount of work and then put it all together yeah. Plus you're working. I'm also very to... very prone to procrastinating and I can the 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 work kind of uh will uh pile up and up and up and up and then the podcast will have to be out in like two days and I'll have a panic two days usually of finishing things off. Um because you know yeah, yeah. that doesn't go away just because you add extra things to it. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like, sounds like you, you do so much for penance now. <laughs> AJ, it sounds like someone needs to come around and just poke you. Oh yeah. You, yeah, you know. I need somebody to like stand behind me and hit me with like a I don't know, like a bit of wood or something whenever I'm about to like load up like a video game and be like, no, you have editing to do. Well, I have some broken fence panels in the garden, and I do know where you live, so if you need someone to whack you around the back of the head to get you to get stuff going... Be I'll, right I'll, back. I'll Locking my front door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I yeah. mean, to be fair, as Dragon, as Dragon said, you know, this, you know, the whole Potemba Dice thing is a massive undertaking, and you do all of it on your own. I mean, fantastically, it must be said, but, yeah, I mean, it's easy to see why things do 
you know, even if procrastination isn't a thing, you know, there's just so much going on that, you know, stuff is going to fall by the wayside. It's just, it's unavoidable. Yeah. But, you know, don't, don't feel bad about it, man. Cause oh, no, I don't feel even, bad about it. You, yeah. Yeah. Never, never feel that way. Even if, even if you didn't procrastinate, you would still have so much to get done. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while I have like a kind of, um, motivation spike and I'll do a whole bunch of stuff and like, I guess that the, um, funnily enough, like the final prep for Frontier was one of those where I was just like, I think we were getting, I don't know, we were kind of in the middle of like the nothing but bonus episodes kind of (laughs) doldrums sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And my brain was like, I just for one evening I had like a, okay, no, I'm clear. I'm not, I'm not going to be foggy for once. Now actually do something kind of thing. (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay, right. Here's the ship. Here's the, here's the. Here's the staff members. Here's a thing to post in the server. Here's, hey, everybody, do you want to play Star Trek? It was like, I did it all in one evening. I was like, good. Now now all the hard part's done. Oh, no, the hard part's not done now. We need to record a series. Okay. Hmm. You know? Maybe, <laughs> there's, there's your answer then. Turn that, turn that um, motivational spike into an actual spike and just put it somewhere where you'll be in view of it and it'll intimidate you I've into being motivated. Like, got like a railroad spike mounted on the wall with the name motivational motivation written underneath yeah. it yeah exactly mr motivation <laughs> mr motivator right um but yeah <laughs> the long story short uh, at some point tempest question two um okay so next question we're going back to pupski again so according to a google search behind the dm screen should be a list of player characters and classes costs of random items you buy in an inn random npc names and uh a scale detailing how difficult an action will be what role needed since this is probably a lie what do you have behind the dm screen um <laughs> uh usually uh my phone um which goes off uh because i forget to put it on silent when we're recording um pepsi max uh, <laughs> random detritus. Yeah. Yeah. You can have everything you might need. It's just, yeah, the, the real answer is uh, Microsoft Excel with um, my giant spreadsheet of places on the USS Tenzing and then another spreadsheet of like crew members of the USS Tenzing, all of my documents and everything, and dice roll. Like, I have everything at this point. Um, in person, though, I think I think even when we were doing like kind of in-person recordings. I didn't really have much on hand, though, did I? No, not really. But that didn't. But that wasn't to say you weren't prepared. No, I, and I feel like I was better prepared then than I am a lot of the time now. Um, the amount of umming and ahhing I do these days when we're, you know, recording and I'm trying to describe places and things. But In fairness, I can remember in the earliest days, there were maps. Yeah. Like, there, there were maps that were created for, for, like, here's where the fights are taking place. And over time, that's kind of fallen away to some extent, where, like, it, it's played in the mind's eye now. Yeah. But I mean, that, that was very much, I think, pretty much just in the first story arc, maybe a little bit into the second one, where I just made a few on graph paper and that. And mm-hmm. there was an attempt, I remember, remember, I used to have them on screen as well. And then we realized that my computer was struggling to do that and recording at the same time because of just how i was doing it i don't know what it was like because i've got my computer shouldn't have been struggling to do anything but it was just like it was it was having trouble with me (laughs) showing images on the screen while it was recording which is very strange um 
and the maps kind of stopped at that point i think but uh, i think it was a kind of necessary thing when we were first starting out especially where you guys hadn't really played before where i could put a thing on the table and go okay here's a top-down view of where you're at <laughs> what do you all want to do as opposed to being like okay you're in a wood there's a sort of hollow over there you can see torches and things you know abstractly what do you yeah. want to do kind of thing um well, we've all kind of just sort of moved away from that. I think we're all a bit more comfortable with just kind of conceptualizing the spaces and things. Um, at least I hope that's the case. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, in terms of like behind a screen, when we were in person, I didn't really have much. and But now that we're doing it remotely, I have everything. <laughs> but usually, yeah, essentials are Pepsi Max and um, I guess my pre-written Excel documents and things. Anybody else? When you when you're running games, what do you what do you have? Um, usually, uh, again, pro- usually uh, like an Excel sheet or something spreadsheet. Mm. Um, that's got things like uh, players' passive perception if it's D and D, things like that, so that I'm not having to go around and go. Does anyone have? Yeah. Does anyone have a passive perception over like twelve? Because mm. <laughs> you know it's. It's not fun if you then have to go and go, nope, none of you do, none of you notice anything. Yeah, you save yourself the time then of having to ask. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Mostly just those sorts of things, so I've got it as a quick note. Mm -hmm. Um, I would usually have, uh, for D&D and Endless Realms, I have... I put bookmarks in the monster manual and creature compendium of things that they're going to come up against. Yeah. Or could find in that session. Because um, there's no way I'm going to be running it without those stat blocks in front of me. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I do that with Frontier, even if it's a bit of last minute scrambling around. Uh, previous thing. Funnily enough, the, the one time I actually did do that, you guys didn't get in that fight. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that was when you were on the planet and uh, the the sort of river creatures were hunting you in the storm and that. And I had a whole, like, okay, well, I just assumed you would get into a combat encounter with them. And you didn't really. (laughs) But I had stat blocks and everything. And then, yeah. And then, obviously, last recording session, in a non-spoilery way, there was a lot of flipping around through the book happening where I hadn't done that. (laughs) Yeah. I can see those, um, I say, sort of quick notes things being very helpful. Yeah, the last time, um, <clears throat> last time I did any DMing, it was actually in person prior to um, the pandemic. Um, but behind my screen, I had three very key things. I had um, notebook where I would write down notes on who had initiated what part of the scene, whether it was combat, whether they were talking to somebody, what their um, what the attack roles were coming up as, and stuff like that. And I also had a printout of the main story beats for the campaigns. I wasn't, the campaign I did was actually a home crafted one. It wasn't one taken out of any of the source books. Yeah. Uh, so I, I basically did about four pages worth of the main story beats. And then once the players had done what they wanted to do, if, if it, if we were able to, we'd go to the next story beat. So I remember what was happening. And I also had a box of, um, Warhammer Fantasy um, Skeleton Soldiers. I can't remember where the hell I got them from, um, but all painted up, and um, they were essentially the the go-to monster for quite a few uh, of the early encounters in the game. So that was that was my set, and also the 
usual bucket load of dice. Mm. So, yeah, mine was kind of a traditional, boring setup. Really, no computers at that point because, yeah. uh, you know, we could do things in person. <laughs> but this sort of rolls into Pupsky's next question What is best dice? Um, and I said before, <laughs> I'm like not really a dice guy, I, despite running a <laughs> podcast with pretending with dice as the name. Mm. Um, I, I have, don't have any real feeling towards dice, really. Yeah, I've, I mean, I've got my uh, the, the, the most recent. I mostly just use the same sets that I've had for years and years. I've only got a couple. Other than that, I bought myself a set of the Star Trek Adventures ones from Modiphius, where you get four D6s in there and two D20s in there. Just, mm. yeah. Mm. Just because I was like, oh, these are quite nice, and they got the Starfleet logo on them. But other than that, I, yeah, I'm not really a dice guy. Did, you know, if yeah. it rolls, it, it's fine. I've never, I've, I've never done that test. And I, know, I've, I don't know if you about you, but I've never done that test where you put it in water and see if it comes up the same way multiple times to yeah, tell if it's nah. bad dice or not. Never done that. Seems a lot of work to me. Yeah. But what about the rest of you? I know, like I say, I know I'm not normal for not being a dice goblin. But... Well, likewise, I've only got one set, but those are the best for me. The ones that Sharona got me. Yeah. So, yeah. As ever. Thanks. I'm probably not the best person to ask about dice. Because I am a bit of a dice goblin. Well, that's the perfect question then for you. Like, what's your favourite set? <laughs> what are, what have you not got that you've got your eye on at the moment? I'm not sure about new ones because at Dragon Meat last year, um, I got two absolutely gorgeous sets. Um, so there's one that is, uh, I'm pretty sure they're glass, but they refract light like prisms. Right. And it's got some frosting on the outside. Um, and I've got uh, some beautiful hollow metal dice. Um, it's actually almost physically painful to not point out that they're from <laughs> Penance RPG's dice sponsor. <laughs> just for the reflex is there to just give out the promo code and everything. It really is, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, I, we love their dice, though. They have some absolutely gorgeous ones. Hmm. Pretty much any colours or things that you could want. Yeah, that's um, where Eden's ones came from, wasn't it? I think D and Dice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it. I think the ultimate ones for me, for them, um, would be they sometimes have in stock Damascus steel dice. Ooh. Sounds expensive. Oh, yeah. Very. <laughs> the ones where the sets go for like nine, a hundred quid a time. Um, I think it's closer to 450. <laughs> I know, but it, 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 they're so crazy. Oh my God. <laughs> That's why I've not bought them. <laughs> Even with the discount. Oh, that's insane. I know, but they're so pretty. <laughs> It's. It would be difficult to justify to myself, though. I'll stick so. to my uh, six ninety nine plastic set that I got off of Amazon like seven years <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <laughs> I I don't have as many as um I'd like. I'd like more dice, but yeah, it's. Mm. I have a really nice um like hot pink and black dice that I really like. But I have this really funky, cool D6 pirate dice, which is all like um, nautical 
and stuff, and I really like that one. Yeah. Well, hopefully that's covered the dissection of the, <laughs> the question. Um, uh, another one, I guess this is kind of for me, what is your favourite sound effect to use? I mean, I've, oh, that's, that's tough because I have quite a library at this point. I mean, one of my favourite sound effects that I haven't used because it just hasn't come up is I've got the Indiana Jones punch, which is like <laughs> super like meaty sounding punching noise and everything. So I might end up using it at some point just to keep myself happy. But I, I managed to get hold of that sound effect. Um, at the moment with Frontier, it's a lot of like background kind of ambient stuff, which is more kind of longer kind of hums and soundscape sort of like okay here's the sounds of being in a a quiet bar for 10 forward and i've got some sort of re repeating patterns for the bridge and things but just i think they're kind of where where my head's at at the moment just because it adds a lot of texture and then i end up just copy pasting the same doors opening sound every time <laughs> but yeah i mean it's tough because like depends what series we're doing because i always I've got sort of separate folders for that. I've got like a big Star Trek sound effects folder. And when we're doing Star Wars, there's a lot of like really fun sort of engine noises and things that are just like, oh yeah, there's that noise. I think, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I really have a favorite sound effect, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I like that. I'm looking forward to an opportunity to use that um, uh, Indiana Jones punch. So if somebody could punch someone in an upcoming episode recording, that would be really great. Johnny, that's uh, that's a thing for you, I reckon. It sounds like. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. See if he I, deserves it. Maybe actually, it'll be a hologram. On, on sound effects, on sound effects, actually. Hey, Gene, when you did the first season of Tempest Squadron, did you use the Wilhelm scream? I think I did put it in there somewhere, like super low in the mix somewhere. I can't I think it was towards the end when you guys were kind of fighting your way out of and in the, that facility yeah. thing. Firefight with stormtroopers, I think, because I would have put it in there somewhere. Because I've got, a, I've got it. Mm. Yeah, now I just, I just couldn't remember. I was thinking, did he use that? And I think it's Star Wars. Even I, I would imagine I put that in. I'll but go back and listen to it. It's a cliche. Um, that's, that's, a, yeah, that's, a, that's a reason to re-listen if anything. Yeah. Um, so Pupsky's next question, I think it's his last one actually. Um, what random system slash world would you like to play as a one shot? And I think we've kind of covered this sort of thing. But. Yeah think so yeah we've got a few <laughs> we've got a few options uh, again i still can't remember the names of the other random rpgs i've got on the shelf next door but uh yeah i don't know just any one of the ones we've mentioned before i'm, I'm looking forward to doing them um uh so jeff's got a he's, he's put an actual question not a jokey one as the intro to this when you're coming up with a main story for your arcs do you have each session planned out and try to keep it on the rails as much as possible so when the episode finishes, the players are roughly where they should be. Uh, usually when I DM, there's a lot of flying by the seat of my pants because the cleric goes rogue, rogue a lot. I mean, I feel like I've gotten more loose over the years with planning. I have, well, like like you said, Mark, when you were running that other, uh, your, your other game, um, you've got the main beats of the campaign plotted out. I don't really go too far ahead with that these days. Like I'll have like a, an idea in mind for a session, Usually, like I know where the campaign is going in 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 the broadest of terms. Like, well, for example, like recently, right from the beginning of Frontier, it's like, well, I know vaguely what's going to happen at the start, and then they're going to Deep Space Three. So the the main thrust is we're going to Deep Space Three, and then we've had these two adventures in the meantime, and for each one, I kind of know what's happening, you know, what what the events are, but how you guys interact with it and get around in it, I'm not 
trying to railroad you at all, really. Events are going to happen as they happen. But if you want to go off and do something random as that happens, I'm not I'm not keeping anybody on the rails if they don't want to. Um, I think mainly because that's as a player, I don't like to be too railroaded anyway, and so I can't imagine anybody else would be. But well, I mean, everyone's different. But like, yeah, I, I like to run a game that I would like to play in, basically. So yeah, no, I, I'm I mean, unless that's not coming across at all, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to railroad people. And I, I think I've said that a few times anyway. But yeah doesn't feel like you're trying to railroad us at all yeah no not at all yeah um, definitely i mean uh, yeah i mean i'm, I'm not uh, i don't just press record and go like right what are we doing today you, <laughs> i've got an idea for the session but how how it goes is completely out of my hands really in terms of like i haven't got an end point in mind usually i've got like a, an idea of like okay this is the thing that's happening something along these lines might happen later but I'm also perfectly happy to completely change things if, if something better is happening in the session, if that makes sense. Yeah, because usually, it doesn't work for everything, but usually if you need to steer people past a particular thing, you can just put it back in later. Yeah, and yeah. Apart from that one combat when we were on the forest planet. Well, no, because that, that turned out better anyway, is what is my point. Like, I didn't need to put it back in. Like, I had mm. it there because in my head I was like, well, they're going to be chased by these things. They'll probably turn around and fight them. But then what you did, you started backing away into the forest. You're firing your guns to ward them off, uh, getting hit by poisonous barbs. And at that point, I was just like, well, this is just funnier. So we'll go with this sort of thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy to throw plans out if... You know, as you guys come up with better things, really. You know, I'm not going to be like, okay, well, because of, you know, that's all very well and good, but they attack anyway. You know, that, that's no fun. Yeah, there's also a difference between things which you might come across mm. and that it makes a difference for you to hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see any point in railroading for it to be like as you exactly as it's been written out. Yeah, because there's no real consequence for any of the choices the players make if they're just not being railroaded. Yeah. Because at, at that point, like, if, you, if you're just railroading people through a bunch of things you've got planned completely, just write a book. Like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. If, if you guys' actions aren't having any effect on the story, then I'm not doing my job properly. Sort of and thing. neither are we, yeah. in fairness. Hmm. Um, I've, I have played with some groups which are much... Who seem to be less comfortable with just going off on weird in-game <laughs> tangents. I mean, I'm here for the weird in-game tangents, though. Like, I, mean, I, I think that's <laughs> where really where the a lot of the magic is. Yeah, these things that just happen, and none of you would have thought of it separately, and then it just kind of. I mean, like, I, I think I said when I put it out, the, the most recent one um, is one of my favourite ones of the series because there's not really, other than... I mean, there's not really any kind of world-shattering, like, oh, God, Starfleet's under attack kind of moments. It's, there's just a lot of fun conversations. Um, 
some more upbeat than others but like <laughs> karaoke conversation i was sitting here when you guys were recording that i'm just yeah i was sat here like smiling my you know smiling my, we don't record with cameras on is the thing as well um but i'm just sitting here smiling listening to it again like oh this is great this is great stuff you know <laughs> this is what this is what i'm here for is like two characters just randomly like talking about karaoke night something that's not in the game system just talking about like oh yeah no we're gonna have fun at karaoke you should come along and that and then obviously Ray's thing happening, going to the doctor and that, which, you know, Mark, you totally, you know, spearheaded all of that and everything. Um, that That's what I'm here for is like, oh, cool, character development, good. <laughs> um, you know, you don't need me going, and suddenly the Klingons attack. <laughs> to, to add drama, the real drama is like, is Johnny going to make a fool of himself? That's what I'm here for, you know. <laughs> I don't know. That, 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 yeah, I don't know. That, that, that's why I play games is to have is the fun moments and like the fun stuff that you guys are doing around like my attempts to randomly be like, oh, so you're on a space station. What do you want to do? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's developing the hum, the kind of the humanoid parts of the characters' lives around where the actual story is yeah. heading. That's in your mind. That's 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 why it works so well. Yeah. I guess to wrap this up, I'd say I'm not in favour of railroading. I am in favour of having an idea of where you want to go with the story. Is more I'd, I'd, that's how I'd put it. Yeah, that seems a fair summary. So, kind of keeping in mind, like there's some things that are, you know, there's some larger scale events that are going to happen. Like, so for example, uh, Johnny going to the Ferengi sweat lodge on race. Oh, jeez. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this this callback is it just keeps happening and <laughs> it's, it's the pun that never dies. Exactly, it's just it's fantastic. The thing is, AJ, is whenever that comes up, your reaction is always priceless. That's why it exists. <laughs> yeah, that's the peek behind the curtain. Then it's yep. probably been for listeners quite a few episodes of Frontier since you've heard mention of a Ferengi sweat log. You need to know that it gets brought up every single session, <laughs> and <laughs> a lot of times I'm just like, "Well, this isn't relevant." Like, <laughs> but it makes AJ cringe. Oh, it's every time. Are you completely derailed? You've got the exact right. Um, that, that that's perfect example of the Ferengi sweat lodge problem. <laughs> Um, is yeah. that it gets deployed and derails my brain completely every time. So you, you could turn this into an actual um, psychological principle. <laughs> the Ferengi Sweat Lodge conundrum. The Sweat Lodge principle. Yeah, the Ferengi <laughs> Sweat Lodge principle, yeah. I'm actually crying with laughter. Uh, <laughs> let's move on. Okay, so Jeff's final question, and then we're on to the, uh, on to the last batch. Jeff's final question, I think it's going to be quite a short answer from me, but he says, uh, Wizards of the Coast have announced a Warhammer 40k Magic the Gathering expansion. Will this lure you into the exciting world of fine luxury cardboard rectangles? Uh, no. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into Magic the Gathering, and uh, I've given way too much money to Games Workshop over the years to yeah <laughs> also get into uh, magic the gathering flavored one of theirs you know just yeah it, I'm, I'm not i'm not really a card games guy and uh magic the gathering is legendarily expensive to get into so uh nah no i tried it once didn't take to it i think the other thing with me i'm just not i'm not really into competitive games that much yeah like I've never been like super competitive with stuff anyway i'd rather do like the, the, the fun thing with role playing it's like even when i'm dming i am 
it is sort of co-op really you know i'm not i mean there's definitely dms out there who see it as their you know kind of job to make the players have a bad time or whatever but that's not me i'm here to i'm here to tell a fun story with you guys <laughs> anything else i'm not yeah so like, i'm more into kind of co-op type stuff and like magic the gathering is very specifically not a co-op game it's a you know yeah it's adversarial thing so it's just never really appealed to me that much the other thing is because because it's so it's such a big game like the the number of cards that exist mm. is so huge yeah there's a lot to take in on it and i, I don't i can't be bothered at this point <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of information in it all right we're into the final badge of questions these are from uh, again Tayshal, who uh gave us one earlier on uh okay first one we've already answered <laughs> What character from any series of Star Trek would you love to have cameo in Frontier? Uh, Riker, I guess. Uh, although, actually, I guess this is kind of different, thinking about it, because we were talking about actors earlier on. Because I, I can make characters have a have a cameo. Well, we had Janeway, didn't we? Um, we had, like, Voyager cameo. Kind Voyager of popped yeah, up. We had the ship having a cameo yeah. in the background. Yeah, the, sh- the ship <laughs> po- popped up. I don't think any of the characters did. At one point, I was going to rip the audio from the end of <laughs> of the Voyager finale to have it be like you guys are listening in on the call between Voyager and that when they're like, welcome home and that. But then I couldn't get it separate enough from the background music of the episode to not sound like that's exactly what I'd done. So I didn't do that in the end. But I'm just trying to think who who else we... I mean, any... I think I'm going to leave this question to you guys then. So what... If you wanted a Star Trek character to pop up for you guys to interact with, who would it be? And it could be as big or small role as possible as you as you would like. I think major major curatories. <laughs> I had a feeling you were gonna say that. I love her. <laughs> I would want I would want Cisco to appear somehow because his arc is so kind of open ended after DS9. If he cropped up in some fashion even if it's like via a flashback where he's talking to i don't know but say he had a run-in with murphy at some point in a past commission or whatever well you've you've already claimed oh i guess this isn't live yet this is on next week's one you ray already claimed to have uh shared a drink with commander wharf at some point <laughs> yeah so i did that's right yeah i guess you could um, say you spoke to cisco at the same time i don't know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you're you're presuming that I this was when Wolf was on DS9. In fact, I might have even said it was on DS9. I might have, yeah, I might have done. Um, but yeah, it's if we're talking about bit, as big or as small a cameo as thinkable, I, I think doing something with Cisco would be cool because well, his story I, I more is meant like as bit as as small like in terms of character wise. So like, oh, okay. I mean, you you've picked the lead from Deep Space Nine for your answer, yeah. but um. All right, LaForge. Yeah, okay. Yeah. He's a captain at this point, I think. Oh, wait, no, hang on, when are we? No, we're before Nemesis in the timeline. Yeah, so, so he's, he's commander now, I think. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. yeah. He designed something that's being used for the mission that the Tenzing's on. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. Something like that. I mean, uh, yeah, I'd say if we're going to have any 
cameo. I'd say for a low level character, I'd say probably the Forge. I mean, I, I wouldn't even call the Forge a low level character. Uh, yeah, okay, well, whatever. Oh, it's, it's your answer. Changing the parameters, stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wesley Crusher. There we go. Nah, not happening. <laughs> I'll call you Trabzon. He's technically a bigger character than Q. He's a bigger character than Q. I I'm, not, I'm not about to do a Will Wheaton impression because it will be an impression. Yeah. <laughs> or it'll be all me right, finding right. someone who can sound vaguely like them, but it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick with um, Geordie LaForge. Okay. Fair enough. I think I would say Barkley. I, I, I would really enjoy Barkley being around our crew. Good choice. Yeah, Johnny is a hollow guy, isn't he? Yeah, I, I mean, it's a little bit selfish to say that, but like, <laughs> there'd be some hijinks, no doubt, between the two of them. I'm not. It really is quite difficult to pick. Yeah, I quite. I think it'd be quite interesting to come up uh, someone like Chakotay. Mm. Again, just because it's a different sort of background. Yeah, and way of looking at things. I think we we that's the thing. I think with the Voyager crew, we've almost w- missed our window on that. Yeah, because they're kind of heavily getting debriefed on Earth <laughs> at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. And you guys are only going further away from that. I mean, I'm not saying it would be viable to put into. No, no but if <laughs> anything, you're, that you're, would be an interesting character. If anything, Dakota would have been one of the more realistic ones for you guys to run into because of the well, and Barclay, I suppose as well, because of the whole like. We put the Tenzing in the scene at the end of at the Voyager finale. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's some interesting answers there. I don't know if I've got one because I would be the one having to put that into the story. <laughs> um, and it technically could be constituted as a spoiler if you do commit to an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think, in so, I, I guess my answer to this really is that I, in some ways I'm kind of trying to hit some certain archetypes with some of the characters anyway. I mean, for Bond, for example, we've got kind of... It's not the same as Nog, but it's also like... It's a Ferengi in Starfleet, so there you go. Kind of hitting that kind of thing. And I guess I'm sort of in my head picturing Captain Collins as a little bit like Captain Pike. Kind of thing. I don't know. So rather than being specific characters, I'm kind of leaning into some tropey archetypes, I guess, more than anything else. Kind of taking inspiration more than being like, oh, guess who's guesting on Frontier this week? It's AJ's bad impression of Commander Chakotay. <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, okay, so anyway, moving on. How was being part of... Okay, this is his wedding. How has being part of this glorious five-year-old RPG podcast affected your role-playing? Because I'm, I'm too self-deprecating to call it glorious myself. Uh, are there things you do now that you were never considered before? Likewise, were there things you did then that you would not dream of nowadays? I feel like I lean more into doing character voices and things than I used to. And doing like full dialogue kind of scenes because we did a bit of that in like D&D and Star Wars games that I did before the podcast but a lot of times it was sort of like so he says something to this effect or something like that whereas yeah. now that's a kind of thing I only do when I'm sort of trying to wrap a scene up I guess I did I mean I'm, I'm leaning more towards role playing rather than dice rolling than I used to I, I prefer that way of playing anyway but like that does fit the format of the podcast a bit more than a sort of off-table, you know, off-mic game. Other than that, though, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I get this is just a general thing then, I guess, like, if... Because, I mean, at this point, I guess other than Mark, we've all been on other podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. What is, has... has your? Do you think your play style has changed from, five, you know, five years plus of, of uh, 
doing podcasted RPGs? Mine definitely has. Um, and I still play differently between how I am in a home game and how I am when recording. Hmm. Especially like in, in a home game, I'm less likely to try and make up any gaps. Right. So it, it also depends who's GMing. Um, but if I'm as, there as a player, then for the podcast, I'm much more likely to try and not let things get stuck bogged down too much like I'm just very aware that not on this because I think you keep us to a decent pace consistently Um, but uh, I know there have been sessions where I've been a bit like so we're supposed to be doing this thing we need to go and do this thing (laughs) Stop talking about the fact that there are three bees just outside that window <laughs> and go do the damn thing. I think you, you and I, like you say, we, 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 we both are doing a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff for our respective podcasts, aren't we? I think both of us have got kind of like a bit of a producer mindset a lot of the time. Yeah, it's definitely doing... a bit different. Yeah. I think a, like an, an off-mic game, you can sort of take the producer hat off a little bit and be like, okay, let's just, yeah, we're not thinking so much about, <laughs> okay, is this going to be, are we getting too bogged down here? Do we need to keep this moving because of, you know, the final presentation? Because you're not worried about that because we're just playing a game sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say that certainly my playing style is a bit different when mm. we're recording. Yeah. Um. I think the only other thing that's different is becoming really aware of people talking over each other. Yeah. We're, I think by this point, we're pretty good. If two people start talking at once, just stop. One person carries on, then the next person can go. Mm. Um, that took a lot of getting used to initially. <laughs> I think that's something that's come with doing it remotely as well because listening back Mm -hmm. i have occasionally i do occasionally listen back to older ones and it's something that i think we've just generally gotten better at because in those earlier ones it's not too bad but like there's some instances where people are they're all struggling to throw in our jokes and there's a lot of talking over each other and then we don't then repeat repeat what we're saying so it just becomes a bit of a jumble yeah i'm 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 guilty of that going back to um well going back to tempest squadron actually and i think from Call of Cthulhu onwards into doing Star Trek. I think I've gotten better at kind of knowing when to say something and when not to. I mean, everybody has a slip up occasionally, but I think for me that's definitely gotten a bit better. Yeah. Um, also, I think where I've been playing Ray because he's because everybody's got their backstory, everybody's got their kind of history. I mean, no, no massive spoilers, but I think Ray. Coming up with dialogue when Ray has asked something or Ray chimes in on something, I feel like I have gotten a little bit better at kind of thinking up things to say in character on the go. Yeah. Whereas in past games, and it does come through a little bit in um, in the Call of Cthulhu series that we did, um, my ad-libbing was not great. There are definitely bits of dialogue which sounded or seem a little bit out of place, but I think with... We've been doing Star Trek for ages now. I think my ability to come up with dialogue is getting better. 
Mm. Definitely. And it certainly works with within the situation that Ray finds himself in, whether he's talking to the captain or talking to the doctor or talking to Murphy or Johnny or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think it the role, it's like you said, AJ, it's the role playing thing that's been the big improvement for yeah. me as well, I think. Yeah, I feel more comfortable thinking stuff up on the fly. I think it's the format thing, like I say, that has got into it because we've been going for so long at this point that um, we've kind of gotten used to like, okay, if characters are having a conversation, we're more likely to have the conversation than maybe we were back in the day. Um, like we used to be, you'd just be like, I ask him about this or something. Whereas now we'd have the conversation sort of thing. Mm. And, and that also that plays into, I mean, with Star Trek, because there's lots of conversations that happen in Star Trek. So it definitely works for the game we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, just in general, whether it's a, this system or others or whatever. I mean, there are systems where it does work best. You just be like, okay, I want to ask about these things. But yeah, I think just because of the podcast format and like, because we are leaning more into the role-playing side of things rather than the, I mean, yeah, I always say it, people aren't tuning in to hear us read out a bunch of numbers <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I'd much prefer to have a say the, you know, have you know do the talking rather than just be rolling dice sort of thing the dice are there obviously you know it's a, again i keep saying it's in the title of the show but yeah the dice are there for the game parts of it but if we can actually talk out a conversation i'd much prefer that because I, th- I think that's probably more interesting to listen to than anything else do you think being remote helps with that yeah because especially because we're not on camera so everything has to be vocalize mm. so you don't have you can't read people's body language to see how they take things that you have to say like you have to give a, a verbal response yeah. to say anything um, it's it's kind of tricky i mean coming from someone who is on the autism spectrum dealing with just somebody's voice without seeing a face that has uh, an emotion behind it when they're speaking that's a difficult thing for me, definitely. I, I, sometimes I just cannot do phone calls because it's a disembodied voice. Even if it's somebody that I know, it, I'm not always comfortable with that. Um, but since I've been doing the podcast remotely, not just with Pretend With Dice, I've done a couple of others that aren't done as podcasts, and we've done it over Discord. Um, it's actually made that sort of skill set a little bit easier for me because we've been doing this as a cast group for ages and I don't feel as hampered by it anymore I feel like when I hear Amy talking or I hear Dragon talking or I hear Eden um, the way that they're talking, the intonation they're putting into their voice I feel like I actually respond to it better, whether I'm in character or out of character now than Mm. I did at the start of it Um, so yeah I mean, if we were on video I'd have no, I'd have had no issue with that from the beginning, but I feel that with just the audio, that's gotten better for me to pick up on what people are feeling, what they're saying, how they're meaning it in and out of character. I think it's definitely been, this has definitely helped me in that regard. Hmm. So yeah, well, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that answers, um, hopefully that answers Teisho's question. Um, Teisho's next question. Is there a campaign that another podcast has done that you wish you'd been a part of? Hmm. Ooh. That's also a tough one. It is. I think I would have liked to have been in Plummet. 
<laughs> you would that, have that loved, would have yeah. you would have loved plummet i don't i don't plummet know was open-ended yeah so <laughs> still yep and frankie did survive yeah uh, still there somehow. to set fire to somehow someone <laughs> somehow castrated twice three times three actually. times i don't know broken how pelvis broken pelvis on fire at least I, a dozen times. I think I've lost a I lost an arm at one point, <laughs> an eye. But Frankie made the best use of those bags of dust. Oh yes! Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> the carnage. Yeah, it was a great. It was a great series. I just hope Ruth doesn't follow the same pattern. I hope if Ruth actually like um, has to die, that he dies like all in one and not just like, be hacked to pieces like for Frankie. <laughs> this is a quite a tough question for me because I think other than this is the thing, other than like Penance, I don't tend to really listen to too many other RPG podcasts because I just don't want to accidentally steal from someone. Yeah. Um. Mm. So, so my RPG watching really is just I, it's, <laughs> it's obviously editing and doing pretending with dice uh penance and then it's just like critical role <laughs> and uh i guess i've been watching disco does dnd um which is cast members from star trek discovery playing dnd which is quite a lot of fun <laughs> but other than that i just don't i don't really yeah so i guess i'll just pick which penance series i'd want to be in that i wasn't in <laughs> the one where it was the the underdark one Abyss. Abyss, yeah. Because I feel like I, I haven't really gotten to play like a proper actual serious character. And that was mm. I was I was shunted sort of into Plummet instead of Abyss, wasn't I? Um, I think that was I can't remember. Abyss came after Plummet. Did it? Ah. Yeah. I, so. I lose track of the timelines. Or it was on a day that you couldn't record, I think. That's very likely, a, yeah. Um I think yeah, I think that might yeah, have been it. That. Yeah. Um, yeah, because we were recording twice a week. Yeah. Or something like that time. I Which is that's... also why I also do not listen to all of the, the, the thousands of other actual play RPG podcasts yeah. there are because, like, that part of my brain is just so taken up. Mm. Yeah. With playing and pretending with dice, occasionally playing in penance. Doing editing, running the social media, all of that side. It's, I sometimes just need my brain to do things that aren't actual play RPG. Yeah. I mean, I, we, we, yeah. You know, we, I feel like we're good friends with a few other podcasts, but I just don't have mm -hmm. the, you know, but there's the active, like I said, thing of like, well, you know, we're all doing T TTRPGs. We're all, you know, making similar things. I don't want to step on anyone's toes accidentally or you know even ha open the possibility that like hey i listened to that and then it you know i took a similar idea and have somebody come to me and be like hey dude what the hell you know yeah but then like i say at the same time with you i'm spending a lot of my time when i'm not at work or whatever doing this and so when i do listen to other podcasts a lot of the time it's not a ttrpg podcast <laughs> i don't know if that's a disappointing answer really Sort of, well, yeah. I mean, if it is, it's kind of tough because yeah, it's just 
that's that's what happens, especially if you're someone that's doing all the behind the, the scenes stuff mm. with it. Yeah, I, I think maybe the original Penance cast, like the first season, because I feel sad that I missed it. Oh, that was um, <laughs> train wreck. <laughs> That was absolute insanity. <laughs> the train like you couldn't stop watching. <laughs> yeah, there was a thing that could turn you into a raptor. There was an episode where we, there was a little one shot we did for my birthday that, that had us turn into little raptors. That was great. Yes, that one was fun. <laughs> that was closer to dark. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got just a couple more questions from Tayshel. Uh, his penultimate one what would your demon uh, from his dark materials be uh, I don't really know his dark materials but my understanding is this is this sort of kind of like a Patronus type thing it's like your familiar it's the half of your soul right yeah um, and as a child um, it can morph Gee. between different shapes but as you grow to adulthood it has a shape that it is in most and then finds progressively more difficult to shift out of. Right, okay. Um, and it's taken as largely a represent... Like it's an external representation of a character's... Like, all, all the bits they would want to keep hidden, basically. Okay. So there's... Um, like there's birds, there's mice, ferrets, there's a snow leopard, there's a monkey. What was the one? Evil that, monkey. Evil what monkey. The, what was the one the main character had? Lyra. Uh, Lyra. Is it a uh, weasel? Yeah, I think so. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Where it changes can, between a few different things. Yeah. In with the To like blend in and stuff, or to hide. Mm-hmm. Rabbit dogs. Cats. It was a cat as well. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty obvious what I'm going to be picking. It's it's a monkey of some sort. <laughs> Spider monkey, I think. Fuck that monkey. Fuck that monkey. I hate that monkey in the book. I hate that, that monkey. monkey. It's fine. Yeah, as long as it's not that monkey, it's fine. Oh. Evil monkey. The fact that we're both having really strong visceral reactions. <laughs> <laughs> demon. I think I'd go with a rabbit. I feel like I could sit around all day chewing on stuff, and but also being quite skittish when startled. <laughs> and vegetarian. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah. Kind of perfect. <laughs> Especially, oh, you know what? I'll go with that specific rabbit. This was months ago. I took a photo at work of a rabbit that looked like me. Oh, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> yes. That rabbit. Oh. <laughs> That's adorable. I'll have to find that photo somewhere. I don't know where it is now. But... Um, I, I think mine's probably a cat. Um, a particular type of cat? Um, Probably a sp- uh, one of the Orientals, because I, I hate the cold. Fair enough. I, I think mine... To be warm. I think mine would kind of start out as one thing, go through a few different forms, and then settle on a finer one. So I think, for me, it would go earwig, sloth... Husky. <laughs> Interesting choice. Yeah. I think I would probably end up with most likely to be some kind of cat as well. Um, 
especially so I have um ME chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia um and sleeping 18 hours a day is sometimes a reality mm. um so a cat just kind of seems perfect <laughs> um, domestic house cat or are we talking feral ones like lynxes and tigers possibly closer to something like a jaguar so it's not huge mm. um and likes the warmth because i regularly go ice cold <laughs> yeah that's what i'll go with i'll go with a, a jaguar all right well we're on to the la- final question now final question of the q a actually as well total completely final mm-hmm. question um what has been your most unexpected moment from the last five years of PWD, e.g. plot twist slash another player's RPing slash or even something that happened in the real world from being part of it? Much love, affection, and appreciation to you all. So again, this final one from Tayshel. Um Most unexpected moment. I think, I guess, I mean, outside of the podcast, but related was being invited to Dragon Meet that first time when we hadn't been going more than a few months. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of, quite surprised to be like oh somebody's actually noticed that we're <laughs> we're alive kind of thing i don't know in game probably that mutiny on the s- initial star trek <laughs> thing with the guys from spotlight that was oh, yeah. pretty unexpected <laughs> um kind of th- completely threw me off <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know we, we have kind of unexpected moments all the time where i'm like oh that's okay that's what you're doing all right you know <laughs> which is always great we just i've gotten better at rolling with it i guess <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, everybody's better at role playing than I am. So unexpected. I, I wouldn't call another player's RPing unexpected. Um, you guys are just really great at throwing in stuff. Where I'm like, oh, I would never have thought of that, you know, or yeah. So I guess that's my answer. But <laughs> I think for me, outside of um, outside of any of the series that I've been involved in, I think um, just being a part of it has been fairly unexpected you know even starting with star wars one going through call of cthulhu now we're doing star trek on a, in a remote basis um didn't expect i'd be a part of this thing that goes out on a podcast for people to listen to and it's been really good fun so for me the whole thing is unexpected in story i think the most unexpected thing has got to be bernard going insane <laughs> I think Amy and I, when Amy and I played that, we were both like at the time we were both like, "Oh shit!" I think it was pretty yeah. expected at that point, though. His his sanity had been dwindling for yeah. some time. <laughs> yeah, but, it was yeah, but I think the way that that episode was playing out, we 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 thought we were going to get by just by the skin of our teeth. Yeah. And nobody would be suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, in past experience with other games I've played, going way back to when I started D and D, I usually end up biting the bullet quite early on i thought i thought at any point if anything was going to be if there's going to be any kind of swerve it was going to be on my character to lose it but then you 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 played it out for us with the with the roles that happened aj and it, but uh, eden just his character went insane and amy and i both went oh shit no oh no no not and then you, you explained what it meant as well because as you said earlier you said that it meant that Eden had no control over Bernard anymore. We, we were both like, oh, fuck, you know what? No way. Oh, no. 
And, that's, yeah. and then we ended up driving away with him in a stolen car with him in the back of the boot going... Uh, 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 uh. And it's like, <laughs> I, I remember, oh, I remember, I remember we, we, we quietly joked that we would we should do a sequel where um, Sway is his caretaker and... Uh, I can't remember the characters. Alistair. 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 Alistair was like, look, it was like the... The, the breadwinner or something <laughs> and they had a cottage somewhere in the in the in the country <laughs> far away from twine one sea far away and they but they were going to be like uh involved in some like murder again or something <laughs> mm. I was like oh well who knows <laughs> I, I, would, I, I would love to have this through again <laughs> yeah I, I, I would love to play that game again it was it was very fun i think the biggest plot twists like the the highest plot twist per per series rate is probably in the things from the flood one. Oh yes, because yeah. that was I was almost going out of my way to just include lots of like oh shit moments in that. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, a whole bunch of that could have gone any direction. Yeah, and I was putting yeah. a lot of moments in there again. Spoilers if people haven't. Oh, not really even spoilers because I'm not going to spoil it. I was trying to put in moments where like. Not like that you could go the wrong way, but like that would, if you went one way, drastically change things. I know that I threw things off near the end. Uh, My character made a decision that going in one direction could mean one thing, but it, 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 could, it would either be really useful or could be catastrophic. I know, but that, I mean, that's, yeah, that wasn't, that didn't really so much throw things off so much as it was, again, like, like I said earlier, be like, okay, okay, cool. Now we're okay. We're going this way, are we? All right, let's see, let's see what happens here. You know, which is, which is great. Even if it takes me a second or two to readjust, that's you know, ignore that. That's just me going, okay, all right. Now we're doing this. You know, <laughs> and that was very much a that that was actually that whole series is a prime example of like me going, I'm not going to railroad at all. I have things that are happening, but mm-hmm. you know, here's what's happening. What are you doing? Is the yeah. <laughs> And yeah. we just, yeah, kind of went all over the place with it. Mm. Plus, I mean, yeah. and that had the added extra plot twistable thing of, um, of unfortunately, Lexa having to drop out towards the end and yeah. having to find uh, what we were going to do with her character. So, yeah. Extra plot twists. <laughs> well, yeah, lots of them. Yeah. I think for me, the one that's most memorable because I was in charge was Jason flirting with Dasher <laughs> oh, in the, in the Shadowrun Shadow Run game. That, that just came out of nowhere and threw me for a loop. And I just decided to run with it as hard as possible. And I'm glad that I did because it, it kind of became the heart of the whole thing, let's say. Yeah. Well, and the sort of solution, I guess, as well, really. Yeah, in many respects. Yeah. Yeah, we've had so many moments, as you say. Like it, it's like that. That one sticks out to me because I was in charge, as I say. But the, the rest is like it, it's so impossible to pick something really. Hmm. Like as you, you've covered so many of the moments, as it were. But yeah. Um, for out of game, I'm going to say the way that everything kind of snowballed. Hmm. Like there's, there's like you said, you're on like series season thirteen. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, it's that's a it's a crazy number of different things to have done, right? It is, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, no, congratulations. That that I'll say that much because yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's it's great that you've been doing this for so long. I I I think 
I don't know. I need a holiday. I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> I, no. I just want to gush for a second because, yeah, I appreciate what you do. Awesome. I, 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 I can't take compliments. You know what? I'm, you know me at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a weird note, from, at least for me, to end on. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of that's the last question. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really know how to end this. <laughs> Has anybody got anything else they want to add? I guess. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Here's to five more. Yeah, we got yeah. <laughs> pilot. And yeah. by the end of those five, we'll have got AJ to accept the compliment. Good luck. Yes. <laughs> five, um, here's to five more years of waiting for Tempest Squadron season two. <laughs> Don't even joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, th- I, can't, I think probably the only thing left to say is uh, a thank you to the listeners, really. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thanks everybody yeah. for for hanging out. Whether you're whether you're new um, or you've been listening to us from the beginning, uh, thanks for hanging out and um, and checking us out and uh, interacting all over online and everything. And yeah, yeah. And thank you for listening to all the stories. The merch shop is open. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the plug <laughs> top timing AJ yeah. as per usual um, so yeah thanks everybody for joining me for, for this um, I do like doing these Q&A ones um, especially because it's, it's 100% based on people asking us questions rather than us being like here's what we're talking at you about today this is answering people's stuff so <laughs> thanks for joining me for this um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks everybody out there for listening. Um, as always, uh, you can find us. Well, you can find links to everything. Is it's oh, it's gone so much easier since I bought the website address. You can find links to everything on pretendingwithice.com. There we go. <laughs> That's so much quicker than me having to give out all of the, the social media handles. Um, but yeah, there's links on there to uh, the, the feeds, uh, the podcast feeds, the um, the YouTube playlist with all the episodes on it uh spotify itunes a whole bunch of things our discord server ko-fi page merch store and i think that might be it uh all of our social media pages on there as well but yeah pretendingwithdice.com and uh yeah we'll speak to you all very soon we're back next week with more frontier we're gonna find out um the state of uh the two <laughs> the split in the party between two actual parties as well we got the senior staff and uh johnny and bonge and uh sullivan <laughs> so uh, yeah come back next week for some more star trek and uh be seeing you we'll see you then yeah <laughs> bye everybody